Over the last few days, I've received many requests from different people around the world. Would I please give some shiurim for those people that are making Pesach, perhaps for the very first time? In different places in the world this year, people are quote-unquote stuck. Obviously, they're not really stuck. The Rabboni Shalom placed them there, but they feel that they're stuck in a place they've never made Pesach before. People are writing me emails, calling, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start, I've never done this before. Even those that have done this before, maybe it was a number of years ago. And I was going to give a, a series of shurim in the yeshiva, but due to the constraints that we have, due to the health situation, and the virus that's going around, we're not going to be giving a barabim, but I'm going to be doing it here in my house, and we'll be sending it out a little bit of a crash course on what a person has to know for Pesach. We're going to go through some of the inyonim of cleaning the house, Pedikas Chomets. We're going to be talking about various places. We're going to be talking about the various utensils, how to prepare the kitchen in a very practical, easy way to making sure that a person doesn't have to go crazy out of his mind and to try in the best way possible to be prepared as much as we can to come to Leila Seda with knowing even some of those halachas as well of Yontov itself. But Ezra Hashem, Besiyata Deshmaya will try as much as we can to accomplish in the small amount of time that we have and go through as many of the halachas that we can. I want to start with an Indian as follows. There was a grandfather that was a very beloved grandfather by his family, a big family, and he was scheduled to visit one of the families. And it was a very rare visit of his children, his grandchildren, were eagerly awaiting this visit. They were so excited. And fi- finally the day came when they all came together to visit, to pick up their grandfather from the train station. And in those days they had trains of different carriages. The front carriages carried the passengers. The other ones carried all the baggage. And one of the sons said, and he runs, he says, Oh, I'm going to go and get the suitcase from the carriage that carries all the suitcases. I remember still from a few years ago when he came, he probably has the same suitcase. We'll look for his name on it. We'll recognize it. We'll schlep it out of the carriage to stop, you know, to, to, to not waste time. And the grandfather finally comes out and this boy is happily holding the grandfather's suitcase and the grandfather sees it from afar and he starts motioning and motioning. No, 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 it's the wrong one. The grandson he can't see exactly what exactly, you know, is his grandfather doing. And even if he's motioning, he probably doesn't see so well in his age. And he continues schlepping and schlepping this heavy suitcase towards the grandfather until he gets right close to the grandfather. And the grandfather says, no, 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 I've been telling you for the last few minutes. It's the wrong case. And the grandson says, but, but, but how did you know? It was so far away. How did you know this wasn't your suitcase? It looks so much like the suitcase you always came to our house with. And the grandfather says, no, because I bought a case like this. But it was much lighter. And I saw you schlepping it. Difficult. There must be the wrong one. The Torah is It's pleasant. It's nice. However scary Pesach may seem, it's not that scary. The Torah was given to us. The Rabbi wants us to enjoy his Torah, to enjoy his mitzvahs, to enjoy his Yomim Toivim. If you're schlepping it, if it's heavy, if it's hard, it probably means you're doing something wrong. And therefore, that's what we're going to try. But as Hashem, especially this year, a lot of questions have been coming in from people that are don't normally, normally make Pesach. There's a family out there that contacted me that haven't made Pesach for over 20 years, the first time. And they don't know what to do and where to turn. It's not going to be difficult. 
It may be a little bit more difficult than making a Shabbos, but it's not more difficult than anything else. And if it's done in the correct way, when you know the halachas, what's muta, what's asa, what's the correct way, what's the wrong way, what's a chumrah, so then every person knows his mahalach. Rupinchot Smikoritz once said that all year round he didn't like chumras except for Pesach. Except for Pesach. And when it comes to Pesach, it's different because we see from Chazal and the Gedolim and Sadiqim took this very seriously. They were careful from a mashu of Chomets. Shaz and Shuvis when a Shemayim brings that if a person is Machmir and Chomets, call a Mayrich Bedit Goiseho, Mayrichin lo Yom of Again, that doesn't mean a person has to go crazy, but a person has to be careful. The Kavayosha brings a Hava Kabbalah. And I remember this, my first year that I made Pesach myself, a number of years ago. The Rav got up in the shul and he said this Kavayosha and it gave me so much Simcha. And he says in Perik Tzadik, she called Pesach. That any Torah that a person has matriach himself for the Yontav of Pesach, he could even be tired, he could be worn out, it's difficult, he's not used to this. He says, there are certain mazikim, whatever they are, and they damage a person with the tircha that a person goes through for the mitzvah, for the yontif of Pesach. Again, that doesn't mean he has to go crazy. That doesn't mean everything has to be difficult. But there is tircha. And every tircha you go through is killing these mazikim. And that's an unbelievable thing. It's an amazing, amazing thing. But it's also amazing how many things became minhogim. You know, there are halachas and there's also minhogim when it comes to Pesach. Each person has their minhogim where they came from. And most people know their minhogim. Oh, my father doesn't eat this and in our home we do this. And just go back a few years. People making fun of gebrachts and all sorts of chumas. But slowly, slowly things crept in until it became the minhog. The Shulchan Aruch writes, Semitof menvot ben beis. Can you imagine the Shochanorach writes this? That there was a minute of people to scrape off the wall if Chomets ever touched them. There is what to rely on, says the Mishtabura. Don't laugh at any minute in Klalisrol and say it's a minute. Ah, because every Makar has a Makar. And the Makar of the Aloha that we just mentioned to grind off the walls is from a Yerushalmi. You see from here that a minute clearly Yisrael is only a minute that has a Makar. Stam, a minute that a person was noig to do, that's not necessarily included. Could be he can do it, but it doesn't mean it's minig Yisrael. That's why a person has to be very clear what his halachas are and what is minhogim are, and where those minhogim come from. And we're not here to discuss different minhogim, but I just want to mention that as an introduction. Okay, so let's talk about the first thing that we have to come across before we go to the kitchen, and that is bedikas chomets. Not bedikas chomets on the air of Pesach, we'll get to that, but the preparing the house for Pesach. There's no reason that it should take hours and hours and weeks and weeks of scrubbing and, and everything else. There are two main reasons for removing chomets from our possession for Pesach. Number one, we're not allowed to own chomets. And number two, we're not allowed to eat chomets. And therefore, we have to remove any chomets that could be in our possession in case we may come to eat it. Now, the ownership of chomets, according to most opinions, is only if it's a din of a kezais. If it's a kezais in one piece, it's a shayla whether or not you've got many different sprinkled pieces, if they are mitzdarif together for a kezais. But generally... We do paskin like the sheetas that hold, that you're not allowed to own even a mashu 
And so to the same thing also applies to eating as well. Now, the klal is that any place that there's a chashash, this is already Gemara Psachim Daf Base, any place that there's a chashash that Chomets may have gone to, that place requires bedika, requires checking. You know, I would say, I'll give you an example. Somebody once told me Cholamoit, he put on the air conditioning on Pesach Cholamoit, and all of a sudden a couple of Cheerios flew out of the vent of the, you know, of the air conditioning uh, place over there. It was horror to everybody because they just did so, you know, such a good checking of the whole house. But they weren't choyev to check the air conditioning vent just because maybe their child possibly put Cheerios in there, unless you know that's what your child does. But generally you don't have to worry about that. Any place that a person knows he never brought Chomets in, doesn't require checking. For example, in the days of Chazal, they had these wine cellars, so we, they knew no one ever walked in there with anything, and therefore there's no chashash, even of an animal bringing anything in such a place. That will not require checking. There's a Mishnah that brings in Tofman Beis, a Machloikas HaPoiskim, if a person needs to check for crumbs. It's a Shailah by Sforim. There's a person that have to open up every saver that he may have eaten breakfast over, and many of the Poiskim, the Shulchan Aruch HaRav, the Chai Odom hold, yeah? You absolutely do. Although many of the Gedolia Poiskim, Rup Shlomo Zalman, Zatzal included in them, hold that no, they were only the Gzeira, or checking was only really for a Chosh pieces, because that's what a person may eat, and that's why Rup Shlomo Zalman himself never checked any of the Sforim, because at the end of the day, we do something called Bittl as well. Once when we Vatl Lechomets, you know, with the condition that we actually understand what we're saying, when we Vatl Lechomets, we do it by night after the Badikim, we do it again during the day after the Sweifa, if you understand what you're saying, you'll mavatl everything. And therefore, after the bittle, we're no chashash. However, very big pieces, we're not soimichon, on the bittle alone. And that's why we also do a badika in that way. You have to know as well, a very important idea. If a person is selling many of his items, if a person is selling all of his cupboards in his kitchen, of all of the kalim, there's no need to check that. If a person is, ch- is selling rooms, for example, that he doesn't need, cl- closets, cabinets, uh, different areas... Those areas do not require badika. So that's the suggestion to many people that don't have the time or the patience or anything to check. So there's no need to. If you sell this cupboard, this cupboard, this cupboard, this cupboard, those cupboards that you sell, you have no chashash. Another thing, heavy furniture as well, right? There's no Indian that a person is going to move his couch or his dishwasher or his fridge on Pesach and eat a pretzel underneath it. Therefore, you have no reason to check that. Again, there are people that do. I'm not chas for shalom, getting, getting involved in any minhogim. There are people that get down, I know personally people that get down on their hands and knees with a toothbrush and go between every single tile. Do you need to? Absolutely not. You take some bleach and you just pour it all over the floor and bang, all your floor's done in that case. Because again, the yisod over here is two things. We're trying to make sure we don't have any chomets and we're trying to make sure we're not going to come to eat the chomets. Nobody that I know removes their fridge, removes their dishwasher, moves their anything and starts looking to see if there are any biscuits underneath it that he can eat. Therefore, you're not going to do that on Pesach and there's no chashash. Whereas, if you have a couch that has a little bit of a pocket on the side, so then it could be, obviously depending on the materials, that a person will, you know, dig his hand down there and find something and he may come to eat it. Therefore, in that place, you might have to do some kind of cleaning in that place. But as a general rule, before we get to the specifics... The general rule is that any place you don't come to during the year, you have no chashash. Even if there might be a pretzel stuck under the fridge, you have no reason to check over there in that place. Because again, you do bittle. So that's, that gets rid of the problem of owning it. I no longer own it once I've done bittle. And the other thing is, at the end of the day, I'm not going to come to eat it because I never get to that place. So that's a very important thing. The clothing, for example, the Ramon, Samatof Lama Gimel, brings over here as well. It's got Yulalif that says that you should check clothing if sometimes you put chomet, sometimes you go to 
a bris, you go to a suda, you go to somewhere, Shalom Zohar, and you stick a couple of things in your pocket because it's a suda's mitzvah food, so therefore you have to be careful in that case, if you're not wearing no clothing on Yontov, for example, there's a weekday clothing, so therefore just give it a quick look over to make sure there's nothing in there, but clothing that you're wearing on Pesach, on Yontov, Cholamoyed, Yontov included, obviously then you should be careful. A laptop, a computer, a keyboard, all of these things, again, should be checked because these are things that you may be using on Yontov and they will get on your fingers and everything else, and therefore, you know, give it a hoover out or something similar to that to make sure it's gone. Now you have to remember in the olden days, Pesach was a lot simpler, either they were poor, and they had houses that were very small, and it didn't take a lot of time to be cleaned, or they were very, very rich, and they had huge houses, but they had a tremendous amount of servants to do everything. Now, that we do have bigger houses than they had in the olden days, and we have a lot of different storage places, and different nooks and crannies, right, we have garages, and offices, and cars, and attics, and basements, and all sorts of things, so... Therefore, it, it, it can be more of an issue, but people do confuse it with spring cleaning, right? People use it as an opportunity to clean out every cupboard and organize every cupboard, which is wonderful. That's fine, right? Just, you know, and, and I know, for example, a guy that told his wife, he said, just because you want to do your spring cleaning doesn't mean I have to help you with your spring cleaning. You know, obviously a man should get involved and should try to help as much as he can. That's a double poshut, but for Pesach cleaning, right? The Rosh writes, you swell Kedoshim Heim, and they scrub and get rid of every chomets of a culture. Again, I'm not saying you should do this, but I mean, Malamas Kosh the people that do, that there is an Indian, the armor claimers for a person to tackle, go through every single little place to make sure, right, any single place that Hamas may have spritz, may have clung to, may have flown to, who knows? Even though Me'ika did we can get away with an easy cleaning, there are people, as is, as the Rosh writes, Yisrael Kedoshimim, Chumud de Pesach, Shiny, and therefore, Enochanam, you don't have to, but there are people that do that in that case. Um, Okay, let's move on to some of the places that a person has to just, you know, just again, these are poshut, I'm not saying any chidushim, just to give you a bit of a reminder in that case. So closets and clothing, for, for clothing closets, for example, again, uh, if there's a possibility that chomets went in there, they should be checked for edible crumbs. Obviously, large pieces of chomets are included in that way as well. Um, if the probability that chomets enter these places is very, very remote... And it could be they don't have to be checked. And that includes, you know, dresses and, and and basements as well, if you know that nobody went there as well. Again, floors we mentioned. In our times, we don't have the same earthenware floors with cracks in them and all sorts of things. We have tiles, or we have carpet, or we have, you know, whatever it may be, some kind of wood floor, whatever it is. So all it needs to be done is swept and washed or hoovered in that place. You don't have to check between every crack, between every tile, or between every fiber of the carpet. As long as you have cleaning solutions that reach there, then you're okay. Food cabinet. So in your kitchen, again, if you're not using them and you're selling them, close it off, mark it off, we'll get to those halachas, and uh, remind you not to use it on Pesach, sell it with the chomets, and therefore you've got no problem whatsoever. A fridge, obviously you've got to take out all the food, wash it well with uh, with some kind of liquid, and uh, the best way is to cover the racks, simply because... We're worried that there may be pieces there in place that you couldn't get to with a toothpick if you didn't, and therefore we're worried about in that place. It is advisable, especially with the freezer, to leave holes for uh, uh, circulation. Uh, we'll talk about sinks when we talk about kasher in the kitchen and taps and everything similar to that. We'll get to that, Be'ezah Hashem. We'll talk about uh, in the, in that way. Uh, t- Pesach tablecloths, you know, generally you don't have to you have separate tablecloths. You can have regular tablecloths. You could just wash them. There's a problem. Again, there are people that have minhogim. Anything I say here is not including any minute that anybody 
has in that way. Food processors and sieves are things that are very, very prone to have chomets in there, so the best thing to do with those things is just put them away with the chomets. If you don't have Pesach set of, of, of towels for washing dishes, it's fine. You don't have to get new ones. You could just wash them, make sure you wash them with soap, and you're okay. And the same thing applies to pots and pans. Obviously, we have separate ones, unless we're going to cash them, which we'll discuss, close them off, sell them, and therefore you've got no problem with that way. Um, if, you know, we don't leave all the Badika's chomets for the night before. The night before, which we'll discuss, is generally just to give a little bit of a chazorah to make sure that everything is done. But if I know everything is done, I generally don't have to check in that place, even on the night as well. Uh, benches and zmiris and challah, decals, challah boards, challah knives, all of these things, the best thing is to put them away with the chomets and sell them, and you've got no problem. The same thing applies to toys as well, that if you see any edible chomets in there, it should be removed or put some bleach there to make sure it's inedible, obviously making sure for health purposes to get rid of the bleach, because obviously children sometimes put them in their mouth. There's no need to scrub them. Again, if you want to make sure that your children play with them, so again, give your kids a fun activity, get your kids involved. This is an opportunity. Many kids are at home, and they're not in school, so here you have an opportunity maybe not to learn in the same way as normally with them, but you can mechanic them in the preparations of Pesach and show them that it's not so bad. It's okay. Get them involved. Put the bath on. Put some Lego in there. Get them, you know, get them doing it, even if you don't really have to do it, but it does give them a sense of cleaning for Pesach, and this way you know they've got something to play with. Metzlokula Alma is no problem in that way of making sure that there's no comments in that way. So, that's the basic idea of what a person has to check with. Um, high chairs, play pens, baby walkers, again, all of these things that are not going to be sold, that are going to be used, make sure you check all of those things very, very well to make sure, not necessarily for the baby, but also for yourself, to make sure that these things don't have any chomets stuck on the underneath or on the side of them or stuck in between the cracks, whatever it is where the kids eat, and they may do things in that way. Uh, we will be talking about different um, toys like plasticine and other things as well that may have a den of chomets. We'll talk about cosmetics and aftershave and perfume, toothpaste, and other things we'll get to. I just want to finish off today with one last thing. When it talks about Badika's Chomet, so the Rubyanich and Tversky on Leila Seda, and Imagine the Kedush in the Tower in the year that was going on. He wore a special kittle that was passed on from generation to generation from the Rebbe of Zusha, and he only wore it for Leila Seda. Can you imagine? It was a very Kodesh night. It was one particular year in the middle of Seda night, a, ch- a, small, a small child walks in with a bottle of beer. Can you imagine the whole place turns him? Everyone froze. He's holding a bottle of beer. Rav Tversky got up, slowly, calmly, and he told the child, please put the beer on the floor. And he covered it over with a bowl, and he covered the bowl with a white tablecloth or covered yontif. And he said to the child, I just want to thank you. The Gemara tells us that we find Chomets on Pesach, Kofel of Kli, I want, you, I want to thank you for allowing me to mekayim this mitzvah. And, I want to mekayim the halacha. And, and it's a tremendous thing because it shows us, you know, with all the preparation, everything that's going on, people get very stressed. People get very nervous. That's not the Avoida. Again, like we said in the beginning, if you're getting stressed, if you're getting worried, if you're getting angry, if it's too hard, if it's too difficult, you're probably doing something wrong. The Yisoyed is, the Rebbe wants us to you do his mitzvahs. And again, here's another opportunity. And I've said this many, many times. Children have very, very sensitive antennas. If they pick up that Pesach is difficult, that Pesach is hard, it's annoying, then that's what they'll remember of Pesach, and that's what they'll do with their families. Here you have the opportunity to give your children 
Pesach is Geshmak. Preparing for Pesach is Geshmak. We're getting rid of the Chomets. We're being Mekayim Mitzvahs. We're doing everything as much as we can. That's a beautiful thing to give our children. That's a beautiful message to transmit to our children. But as is Hashem, next time we'll go through many of the other halachas that we spoke about before. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.